Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And our Father, we do praise you. And we ask that 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 praise might be that which comes from our hearts as you have moved upon us. Lord God, we ask that you would do so now that your word may may take root and grow according to your will. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, after all of the, um, the stuff that happened on Christmas, the, uh, the shepherds in particular, and Mary and Joseph wondering what happened? What was this that just occurred? I think the beauty of Luke is he says, Mary pondered these things in her heart. She had no way of understanding what had just occurred. But after that happened, on the eighth day, Jesus was was taken to be circumcised. And then life had kind of taken on the normal life of of a young family with a little one So Mary's up in the middle of the night, constantly uh, wishing that Jesus would sleep a little bit longer, that she might get some more sleep. I mean, you know the drill if you've had kids. And um, so life takes on a very normal sort of course of of things. And then then about 40 days out, they, they have to go back to the temple for a rite of purification. And not only did Mary have to go through a purification ceremony, but also Joseph because he assisted in the birth. And so they make their way to the temple as a faithful Jewish couple. Then it was time for the purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So Jesus' parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must dedicate it to the Lord So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly awaiting the Messiah to come and to rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the, mother's, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. 
He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna the prophet was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel in the, of the, from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There, the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was upon him. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. So when we think about the Christmas story, there are plenty of places for us to identify with this story. So we have a young couple with a problem pregnancy. Many have been there before. And, and we, can, we can identify, or we've had kids who've been through this, and we, we, can, we can identify with the struggle, the anguish that, they, that they've gone through. And we can also understand the surrounding community around this young couple, because we've seen that also. We've seen, we've seen the, the people, we've heard the gossip, we, we just know how that, that all works out. Some things don't change. And some of this is just part of being human and living in a community of people. And then we also have the shepherds. And we have this sort of romanticized view of the shepherds, but the re reality is the shepherds are listed among the despised professions. <laughs> so they, they are kind of the least of the people. And it's hard to even come up with a, uh, an analogous profession today, other than perhaps those guys who drive around those great big trucks that clear out sewage stuff, you know, the septic tanks. And <laughs> it'd be kind of, a, kind of a despised profession. But they are, they are the lowest of the low. And then we also have the governmental authorities and the denominational authorities of the temple. And so we, we have all of that, that power and that religiosity kind of stirred in. We also have these, these pagans who come, people outside of anything that we recognize as the faith, but they're, they're, they're foreigners, they come in and, and then they leave. And, and then when, G, when Jesus is brought to is brought to the temple. Then we have some, some very dear people who see the baby. Now, we don't know how old Simeon is, but I, you know, tradition sort of holds that he's older, as is Anna. And, well, I, I know how it is for all of us who are grandparents, and 
There was one of you who came in this morning and said you were just with eight great, no, 12 great-grandkids. And it's like, I, and she said she was wiped out. <laughs> but she loved it. And I also know how it is, so many, so many have homes up north, why? To be close to those kids, even though we're old news to them, but to be close to them. And so here's Simeon and Anna. Simeon sees this, this brand new little baby, and he goes over, and Mary lets him hold the baby. We, we can identify, we can find ourselves in the, in the story. And then likewise, Anna, this dear woman who has been a part of the life of the temple for, for many years. She's probably something close to 100 years old when you do the math. And faithful, loving, caring, tender. So we find, we find ourselves able to, to plug in at any number of junctures in the story, in the entire Christmas story. But then there's a point at which we wonder if, if we really can identify with this. So Simeon takes the baby and looks upon this tender child. And he said, Lord, lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. In other words, okay, I can die now. I have seen what I needed to see. My life is fulfilled. Now, I don't know if I could say that. It's been hard enough. You know, the Bible says that we only get three score and 10 years. So when I turned 70 back in October, I thought, I'm done. But, but the reality is, I have really thought a lot about what that means. And it's kind of a, it's a sort of a fulcrum point in life where even though here in Naples, 70 is the new 50, <laughs> it's still something of a fulcrum point in reality because we remember when our parents were 70 and how old they were. But, but more than that, we begin to ask some of the key questions, looking back, looking forward. How have I done this? Have I done this well? Am I doing this well? I have less, we all have, when we get the, to that point, we all have less life ahead of us than we do behind us. And we want to know that we're doing this right, that we're doing this well, that we only have one life, and we want, we want it to matter. We want to make a, a contribution. And, and so it's, it's tough. Uh, would I be willing to say, Lord, let, let me go now? Well, no, I don't feel like I'm done. And, and so it's a, it's a tough juncture because what is life really all about? 
but giving ourselves away. When we give of ourselves in whatever ways we can, somehow we are thereby appropriating the realities of what God has in store for us. And it sounds contradictory, you know, in a, in a sense. The more we give, the less we have. But in the deepest reality of what it means to give of ourselves, to give of our substance, to, to empty ourselves according to all that God has entrusted to us, it's, it's that we can, never, we can never stop doing it. It has, a, it has a power to refresh us. And we can become spiritually septic without doing so. But instead, as we, as we pour our lives out in service, and we find that, that we have more energy to, to do what we're called to do. And, and so it, it's, a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a difficult thing to understand or to even explain. But somehow we know that it's true. Somehow we know that there's truth in this. And yet, what are, as we pass through the first of the year, if, we, if you do resolutions, <laughs> what do they look like typically? And of course, I've, I went online to look up resolutions, what people, what the resolutions are, and they're essentially unchanged over the last 15 or 20 years. The resolutions, top five, save money. Save money. Okay, save money. <laughs> Be healthier. Okay. Work out more. Eat better. Lose weight. Okay, all right, got it. Save money and be healthier and lose weight and all that stuff. To what end? To what end? Simeon comes with one single resolution. Lord, let me see your salvation. Let me see what you have revealed. Let me see. Somehow along the way, God told him, he said, if, you know, you won't go until, until you lay your eyes upon my Messiah. So that's his one resolution. I don't know if he needed to gain weight or lose weight. I don't know if he needed to save more money. I, I have no idea about this, the stuff that we put down as our resolutions. But he just wanted to see that God was active, and that even if he wasn't that much of an actor in what God was, God was doing, he would at least see it. What's interesting, all he did was make that statement, Lord, let us now thy servant depart in peace. You go online, you look up the nunc dimittis, those the Latin words of the first of that phrase, and the magnificent music that is put to those words. This man presumably didn't last much longer after that, but what he said 
has lasted to this day and has been put to music, to the praise of millions. The Nunc Dimittis. So our resolutions, well, they're all good. I mean, to be healthier and to save money and all that good stuff, that's all, that's all good. But the reality is, what is it that we really live for? When is it that we have a sense that we are free, free finally to let go of all of this? When we get to the point where Martin Luther arrived when he said, let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also, the body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. When do we get to that point? C.S. Lewis says that there have been times when I think that we do not even desire heaven. But more often I find myself wondering whether in our heart of hearts we have ever desired anything else. Maybe the desire to save more money is ultimately a desire for heaven. To be healthier, to be stronger. Maybe this is about ultimately, according to Lewis, a desire for heaven. What does it look like? What have, in what way do our wants point beyond themselves to the deepest longings of the human heart? Is it true that our souls are not, not at rest until they rest in thee? Is it true for all flesh that the deepest longings of the human heart are our longings to be reunited with God? We just lost Bruce Hayhoe. As I commented earlier, visiting Bruce was like being visited by Bruce. And as Glenna said to me on the phone, he was ready. He was ready. I don't want to go out kicking and screaming. I want to be ready. I want to look forward and anticipate the light as Bruce did, as Stuart Edgerton did, as Dan Bruce did, as Norma Dirks did. Those are just this, in the last several months that we've lost these dear people. Well, one after another, they demonstrated in their lives the phrase that is spoken of by the psalmist, Beautiful in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. So we have that deep longing that comes to us, that, that breaks in upon us every, every now and then. And it's always good when we can recognize that longing. I've shared this before, but when I was a kid, Growing up in Riverside in Southern California at this time of year, Mount Baldy, which is 10,000 feet, was covered with snow. And I would go out in my, I had a little MG, no top on it, because I wouldn't fit in it with a top on it, so I had the top down all the time. And I'd go to some high place and look 
at the mountain. What can I say, but it did something. It was more than just beautiful. It inspired a longing. Now one day I went up to the mountain, drove up, and walked up to the top, and I turned around, and I looked over the San Gabriel Valley, across the way to Mount Saddleback, and then I was longing for that. It wasn't up there on the mountain. It was out there. So we, we have these longings, and sometimes we, we have a hard time identifying what it is that we're really longing for. We go to that, to that place, we get that thing, and that wasn't it. So we keep going, only to realize that we're being drawn, being drawn by our loving God who would draw us to himself. And he plants in our hearts moments in which we long to be reunited with him. God willing that every day those words of Simeon could be our own. Lord, when it is your timing, I will depart in peace. Will you join with me in prayer? And so, dear Father, it is the gift of your Son that assures us that deep sense of longing is not some psychological weird thing, but something of deep substance and reality. And Lord, we thank you that you have put signposts in this world in the form of beauty and people and places. Dear Father, we thank you that you draw us so that we might be in full fellowship once again. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.